0: All right, welcome to another episode of the National Pulse. I'm Raheem Kassam, editor in chief of the National Pulse.com. It's Wednesday, March the 3rd, the year of our Lord 2021. I am finally able to say that I am broadcasting to you from a sunny Capitol Hill. And thank goodness, too, because Natalie Winters was getting itchy feet again trying to get back to California to get some sun. Isn't that right, Natalie? (laughs) No. Not at all. I just make things up. All right. We've got Natalie in studio with us today because there are a whole lot of stories that we're publishing over at the National Pulse, and I know a lot of people struggle to keep up with all of them, not least because I have been kept from bringing them to mass audiences via my Twitter suspension, which, by the time you're listening to this, should be almost expired, if not expired, and I intend... Well, let's just put it this way. I have a few things to say, and the Twitterverse is going to hear about them. I've been keeping a note document on my phone of all the things that are going to be said when I return to Twitter this evening. Of course, it may not happen. They may decide to add a couple of days, weeks onto my suspension. I want to talk to you about that before we go to uh, Natalie to go through all of these stories, all of these scoops that she's been working on and we've been publishing. I know that there are so many more uh, ready in the back for me to edit and publish Natalie I'm getting to as, believe me I'm getting to as much as possible we'll talk about it we can I want this to be an airing of, of grievances today and I'll start with you no, I'm kidding um, I'll start with some of you like what are you talking about yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'll start with airing some of my grievances at some of the audience members in telegram today who kept saying to me, "Ricky, why do you even stay on Twitter? Why are you even there?" And and you know what? Maybe maybe I give you too much credit, <laughs> the, the audience, because you have to understand something, and I understand why you might not. I mean, you don't. I, I don't think most of you run <laughs> news operations, so maybe you don't understand why, and that's perfectly fair and fine. Maybe I've done a bad job of explaining. Maybe it does seem like we're hanging around on Twitter for, for nothing. We're, we're not. I, I, if there's something about me that I think this audience should know by now, and if you don't know it, get to know it, I, I don't waste time. I don't muck around. I don't, um, you know, there's no, there's, no, there's no killing time around here, okay? I, I am firmly of the belief that you cannot kill time without injuring eternity. We don't kill time and we don't injure eternity here. We, we, every second of our time is put to good use. Even, even social time is, is, is kind of work time, as you were telling me a story about that earlier on today, Natalie. But it's true. You know Why do you think that I'm out on the Morton's Terrace, which is, which is where people go to do business in this town, rather than just going down to the to the bar, you know, across the road from my house. I could just go there if I'm just down for some social time, but it, we don't do that. Everything is work, work, work here. And so let me explain to you because there are, I think there are a lot of people out there, a lot of views out there that are kind of, you know, they scratch their heads. and go, why why would Jack Posobiec, why does Natalie Winters, why does Raheem Ghassan, why do all these people spend time on Twitter? A service that is there to defeat them. That's, you know, that is what Twitter wants to do. And that's true. Of course that's true. But it's the same thing as why do we want our stories picked up in the New York Times? Why do we want CNN representing what the national pulse is saying even if it's to trash us because it exposes people to things they won't naturally hear otherwise that is that is point one you cannot win the battle of ideas if you abandon the battlefield and whether you like it or not whether you the person listening to this and you're on gab and you're on telegram so am i But whether you like it or not, Twitter is still the high ground in terms of the battle of political ideas on a day-to-day basis. I'm not saying it's particularly intelligent, philosophical, I don't think it necessarily lends to much, but it is still where the battles are fought every day. And you're thinking, well, the battles are only fought there every day because you go there every day. Well, you think if I go away from there or Jack Posobiec goes away from there, that all of the left, all of the liberals, all of that, they suddenly start going, oh, well, I mean, you know, I guess there's no one to argue with here. So let's close down this website. No, they then at that point, to quote Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, at that point, they just run a train on you, right? Philosophically, ideologically, policy wise, then everything becomes ubiquitously left, as long as there are dissenting voices there, and I'm not saying you have to be there. In fact, I encourage all of you not to be there. Build these other platforms. I, by the way, don't, don't come lecturing me about these new platforms. I was on Gab before 90% of you had ever heard about it. I was on Gab when Natalie Winters was still in high school. Facts. And I've been, I had worked with John Matzy right at the beginning of the whole parlor thing. So many meetings that we had. And I traveled up to New York to sit down with them, to walk them through. The show. So don't talk to me about, oh, why aren't you on these other platforms? Why weren't you hyping these other platforms? We were using Telegram back when we were organizing Tommy Robinson rallies in London to free him from prison. That was three years ago. So believe me, I'm all about it, and I'm I'm there with you. But the one thing I will address, the second thing I will address in terms of presenting our ideas, our news stories, our our columnists to to Twitter and to Facebook is still imperative. I've just explained to you why that is. I'm not going to abandon abandon that battlefield. If they want to kick me off, that's a different issue. But I will not voluntarily remove my voice from dissent from being the loyal opposition there. And number two, I will explain this. We run a news site. We do the news here. And, and the people who are saying leave, leave Twitter, leave Facebook, what you're saying to me is stop trying to reach an audience with your news. Only try and limit yourselves to the 15,000 people who are in the National Pulse telegram or in the War Room telegram. Limit yourself to the 120,000 people that follow me on Gab. Well, that's stupid. It's stupid. It's a stupid way to do the news. It's a stupid way to market a website. And it's a stupid way to win the battle of ideas that I know you are interested in winning, ladies and gentlemen. Don't ask me to abandon representing you to a liberal or It's like saying, hey, don't debate a leftist. What's the point? No, I would love to. And I will have any of them here in studio or down the line on this show whenever they want. Any single day of the week, any single hour of the day. And the same applies to representing the news and the analysis, and the opinions that we publish over at the National Parks, I will not back down from those avenues. They could literally send people to my house to physically beat me with Twitter-branded baseball bats, and I would continue to scream from the rooftops, including on their platform, the things we believe in. Just because somebody is trying to beat you down, it does not mean you cower away. I'm not saying that we'll ever turn these platforms into conservative bass. Of course we won't. Of course that is not going to happen. But what I am saying is that there are plenty of people still out there who are either on the fence on certain issues or even on the left, but they will read our work and they will understand that we are doing the news I mean, especially look, Natalie. I want to bring you into this conversation here. Especially the work you do. You're not opinionizing in your in your news stories, right? You don't you don't editorialize. Very, very rarely have I ever had to edit your copy for editorial purposes.
1: Yeah, I I always say that when I'm writing these stories about certain politicians or institutions or, or members of the media selling out to the Chinese Communist Party, the stories tend to write themselves. I like to quote primarily from documents that are hosted at the Department of Justice that are Part of these foreign agent registration filing acts. Uh, so, yeah, th- there really is no room for editorializing. Right. It really is just kind of the plain, straight truth and, and facts. So, and as, like you said, especially with the Chinese Communist Party issue, that's not bipartisan, or that is bipartisan. Mm. It's nonpartisan, frankly. I would think that both sides, any side of the political spectrum would be interested in, in the reporting and I
0: have had messages from people who work at the most establishment news outlets you could possibly imagine, ladies and gentlemen, who have who have messaged me saying they've seen Natalie Winters reporting because we've tweeted it, right? And so, and they've direct messaged me on Twitter, and they have then followed up on those stories. So for the people, and I know it's only a minority of people out there who think, oh, you know, every right winger in the world should leave all these platforms. I know it's a minority, but I have to address the minority because you're wrong and you need to know you're wrong and you need to understand why we do it, by all means, you leave. Fine, you're the consumer. I'm not a consumer. I am a news provider. I am a news publisher. What you're asking us to do is effectively go bankrupt in the field of ideas and bankrupt in, in terms of reaching people. Remember, websites run on traffic, okay? If you're not sharing this, if you're not clicking, if you're not sharing Natalie Winter's stories, and if you're not retweeting, gabbing, all of it, Patriots dot winning, right? All of it. If you're not doing it, you are not helping conservative news outlets grow. You're just not. You're not doing your job. There might be a lot of you who are listening to this right now. Oh, change the change the tune. Change the, you know, stop lecturing us. No, is my answer to that. Because I get maybe, Natalie, I get maybe, at the very minimum, 5,000 people messaging me a day. 5,000 messages. Think about it. So we have a tip section, hundreds of emails come into that every day. We have our telegram, hundreds of messages on there every day. We ha- I also have the Twitter, hundreds of, di- between direct messages and app mentions every day, Gab, Parler, all of it. People email me, people in our Discord chat, it easily adds up to about 5,000 interactions a day. And I try and pay attention to every single one of them. People often see me getting in fights with people on Telegram and stuff like that. It shows you, and by the way, people in the Real America's voice chat on their website, they don't believe it's me. They think it's you sending <laughs> I can messages.
1: I guarantee you it's not me. <laughs> right,
0: sending messages for me during the show because they can't believe that I can do a show and message them at the same time but I can and I will and I will argue with you and I will beat you in argument while I'm speaking live on the show because that is the level of attention and the level of effort we put in here and I want you to understand that so if you are not taking that extra step every single day to make sure that our news reaches more people and especially if you're still then going and you should also leave Twitter well then you are contributing to the decline of real news and conservative news. And, and, and I need everybody to understand. And here's one of the wonderful things about our Discord private chat. This morning, I said to them, hey, and by the way, you can join it, ladies and gentlemen, at fundrealnews.com. But I said to the team, I said, hey, we need one of my biggest bugbears. One of my biggest gripes is that established conservative news outlets fail to re-report our stories and especially fail to link back to us. You've had plenty of stories stolen, basically, Natalie. You've yes. been plagiarized a lot. And you've been doing this how long? Less than a year, right. probably. Yeah. And they don't credit you. They don't even credit you personally, let alone the national person. They certainly don't link back. But a lot of the time, they don't even bother to report the story. They call themselves like the leading conservative news outlets. And you can imagine who I'm talking about. I'm not going to name names. It's all of them. It's all of them. When, By the way, when do you ever hear, you know, Natalie Winters or I invited on to, you know, Daily Wire podcasts or Breitbart radio show or any of this stuff? They don't. Because they know we do the news better than them, and they don't want to expose our, their audiences uh, to to our work. Fine, whatever. It's competition. It's business. I don't care. But let's talk about the news here for a second. Please report the news we do. Please re-report the news we do. It's all verifiable. It's all. The, it's literally the best news uh, that the 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 conservative right has at the moment. That's why we we just the growth of the national pulses, unlike anything you've ever seen before. You might be able to hear from me. I'm a bit jacked up today. I took my green juice and I went to the gym. I'm a little bit fired up today and I've got a cup of coffee in my hand. Here's the deal.
1: No wonder why they want to keep the gyms
0: closed. They're keeping them closed for me. Yeah. Cause I turn up with green juice coffee and <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, and then start just screaming at people about Twitter. Yeah, that's why. Um, We'll come to, we'll come to the news in just a second. When I'm done with my we're sixteen minutes into my rant now. It doesn't feel like it, does it? Here's the here's the deal. In the Discord chat today, I said this morning, Hey, I need a street team, a out army. And their job is to grab our stories and email them to the editors and the contact sections of every conservative news site every single day. So then we have a paper trail. Who's refusing at that point to publish the news and why? Why? Now, maybe they don't think it's good. Fine. That's the editor's decision to make. But on an objectively big scoop, the likes of which we're going to discuss in a second, I want to understand why these big conservative news media outlets do not cover these stories because I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of us giving our clicks and our money and our time and the checks to, you know, the Washington examiners of the world and so on and so forth. And what do we get for it? We get op-eds. We get op-eds, Natalie, from 19-year-olds. No offense to 19-year-olds, although now you can dunk on them since you're, since you're 20. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Nobody wants a 19-year-old's opinion. Happy for them to do the news and to learn the news and to be coached up and even you know get to the uh, uh, heady heights of being great reporters in their early twenties like you are, but nobody wants to hear it. But this is what the this is what the Washington Examiner and all these guys they shove down people's throats. Conservative Inc. Right? They shove down people's throats. Hey, here's this uh, this you know campus person wants to write an op-ed about how bad it is for them. Give me a break. Do the news. I was like that one once, though I really was. And that's, that's why I'm so passionate about this. I spent ridiculous amounts of my early 20s thinking that people cared about my opinions. And they just, we don't, we don't. And we have to tell the next round of young conservative reporters that they have to do the news. You know, get into it, roll up your sleeves, go through the documents like you and I do. Oh, you think it's fun? I mean, you do actually think it's fun. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. I do a little bit too. But, you know, I'll give you an example. That timeline of January the 6th that I put together, a really, really sad point in time for the conservative movement that was. And I noticed everybody was in the mumble tank. And I, I pulled my socks up on that Sunday night afterwards And I went through the timeline of events and it's Sunday night and it's 10pm and I'm going through this stuff and it's just agonizing. It's agonizing. But it's the news. And people were churning out op-eds of, oh, it wasn't January the 6th awful and insurrection so bad and we should really be nicer people. And I was like, hold on a minute. Can we... Can we actually figure out what exactly happened here? And now everything you hear in these testimonies, all the convoluted uh, arguments that are being made by Christopher Ray and all of this stuff, the reason they were caught, the narrative was caught, was because I did the timeline and Darren Beatty went through on the Sicknick stuff. And by the way, who started the Sicknick stuff? Oh yeah, that was us again, right? Well, am I wrong? No. She would tell me if I was wrong, by the way. <laughs> on air. Um, let's get to the news then because, and, and oh, and the, so we've, we've named it the Yumao army. Okay. You know, the Wumao army, it's the Yumao army. So it's for you, ladies and gentlemen out there, if you want to be a part of it again, fundrealnews.com, you'll get an invite into the discord private chat channel. Um, and then you can be part of the Yumao army. And these people are going to take the real news and make sure it goes to every, and we've got a Google doc, uh, cause only I'm using Google because I don't know any other, facility by which to have a mass shared spreadsheet, there probably is something. Um, and and it, we're putting every single, and we're not doxing anybody, by the way, there's no personal details going in here, but it's every single uh, conservative news site, contact form, uh, generic contact details, and editors contact details. And we are going to say to them, hey, the National Pulse produces real news investigations. Uh, we do it most of the time, maybe not this episode today because I'm frustrated, but we do it most of the time with a smile on our faces. Please go and report the news and let's see what happens because I'm sick. I'm sick and tired of this happening now where where we bend over backwards and, and we get no links, no credit no uh you know the stories don't proliferate in the way do. nothing the stories that you've got up right now we'll talk we'll start talking about them right now the stories you have up right now are bombshell stories by any objective measure whether you're talking about mayor bowser and the influence of the chinese communist party there mitt romney and chuck schumer whether you're talking about this all of these things should be and would be in a just world and maybe that's where i'm going wrong with all this but in a just world front page of the Atlantic magazine and of the New York Times and of the Economist and all of it. And if not front page, at least page two, three, four, five, six. But they're nowhere. And what's increasingly frustrating to me is they're nowhere in conservative media either. So let's start. Well, in fact, why don't you tell us where you want to start? Because I've rabbited on for 21 (laughs) minutes now.
1: Um, We can go chronologically. Uh, Take it. Take it. They want to hear from you, not me. Well, I, I think one of the most important articles that we've probably had up in the last week or two was the exclusive Romney-Schumer advisors among dozens of congressional staffers participating in Chinese Communist Party exchange program. Obviously, we put up a lot of stories like this, so sometimes they can kind of blend together. If you remember, we've done a lot of reporting on the China-United States Exchange Foundation, which operates as part of Uh, The CCP's United Front effort, which I've probably read this quote dozens of times, but it comes from a U.S. congressional report talking about how uh, this effort attempts to sway and persuade and really subvert the elites, politicians, media outlets, academics uh, within the United States and across the world. But what's really interesting with this story that we have up is that the Chinese Communist Party isn't just targeting elected officials. They're actually targeting their staffers. Uh, And specifically, you see the National Security Policy Advisor for Senator Mitt Romney uh, took a trip from a group known as the U.S.-China Trans-Pacific Foundation, which derives 100% of its funding from the Chinese government. They just just hang on, because should.
0: there's all these different groups that you've just so just yes. for the people who are sitting listening and taking notes, and I know there are plenty of people who do that, just repeat the name of that organization again for us.
1: So this is the US China Trans Pacific Foundation. Mm. So this group uh, really was created in 2015, uh, and because, like I said, it it is entirely bankrolled by the Chinese Communist Party, it had to get approval from the U.S. State Department to operate and to take these congressional staffers on trips. So no surprise there. But uh, then, under Secretary of State for Public Diplomacy and Public Affairs Richard Stengel, under the Obama administration allowed the program to happen. I believe he said uh, he was pleased to do so, pleased to allow this program to take place. And then shortly after, you saw a bunch of these Western lobbying firms sign contracts with the group to really allow them to target staffers in the offices of Senator Mitt Romney, Never Trumper, Jeff Flake, Chuck Schumer, uh, a couple others, if you look at the article, you can see who else was targeted. But this is really kind of the Chinese Communist Party's MO when it comes to these influence operations, and in that they pay for people, whether they're journalists, congressional staffers, even congressmen, uh, to come to China. They get lectured by professors and academics at state run think tanks and universities. They tour military facilities. They tour Huawei, oftentimes ahead of going, which you see in the article we have up. They're briefed with these 400 page documents about what, you know, what China means to them, how they should look at China. Overwhelmingly, these articles or rather these briefs contain articles written by Chinese state media outlets. So it's a very specifically curated viewpoint and understanding of China, one that abounds in the Biden administration, one that is very pro, frankly, pro. The Biden what? The Biden regime. I'm sorry, it's Goodness been a while me. since I've since I've been in here, uh, but but yeah, because you've
0: been because you've been uh, you know lollygagging at CPAC. <laughs> that's why. Worry, I was doing. I've that been your trying well. to
1: make inroads with conservative media. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's the the euphemistic spin on CPAC. That,
0: that's the line, and we're sticking to it. <laughs> um, okay, look, there's a lot there. I want to ask you this because I, I I know that the audience has you know, not just a political interest in these stories, but as a human interest in these stories as well. Uh, all of these people, you know, who are they? Maybe we should actually be doing profiles of these lobbyists as well when we come across them. I think that would be pretty good. Make them famous, right? I
1: would love to do that.
0: Fine. Well, consider <laughs> consider it an assignment for the next year because there are so many of them um, that it would take it. A- Go ahead.
1: Well. And on that, specifically who these people are, again, remember, all these people are essentially working for the government, so the positions that they have that make them of interest to the Chinese Communist Party uh, are all underwritten by your your tax dollars. Uh, But it's really interesting, too, these people oftentimes after they depart the federal government. For example, I'm just looking at one guy here, Daniel Ball. uh, After he went on a trip to China, he's now actually Facebook's public policy director, so it really is a very intricate, interwoven web Uh, of both big tech, the Democratic Party, the establishment arm of the Republican Party, where there's kind of a revolving door uh, between working in government, then liaising with the Chinese Communist Party through one of these united front organizations. Then somehow they come out of that the other side and they're kind of embedded within some other institution that uh, similarly has a very, very powerful effect over American society and political discourse.
0: Can I ask you a question? Um, Because I actually don't know this um and feel free to to refuse to answer if you want it's not don't worry i'm not (laughs) it's not a cuomo type question um what did you study in in school did you study politics or, or anything like that
1: well i am a political science major
0: right but that's that's contemporaneously yes right so but what about
1: in high school yeah well, th- that's actually very interesting, and I was talking about this with someone at CPAC. Obviously, mm. the Chinese Communist Party is the number one threat that the United States faces mm. today, and it really is so bizarre that I went through my entire, uh, you know, K through twelve education, and I really don't think that the word Chi- the words "Chinese Communist Party," were ever said. It is absolutely, I think, patently insane that, as a current political science major going to the University of Chicago. That I'm not told about China, that I'm never really—I
0: I get yeah. that. Yeah, I think I think most people understand that, and that that's a problem, that's why more and more people are homeschooling, right? But but let me—the reason I'm asking this is because you are describing political things, the way that the political machine works here in Washington D.C. without ever having been taught it. Mm-hmm. So you are actually learning this stuff through your own research.
1: Yeah, I really have read every single Foreign Agent Registration Act filing uh really every kind of lobbying disclosure form so yeah i've just kind of i think in a reverse engineered way learned how the system works it's
0: it's autodidactic you know behavior and that's what's extraordinary about you coming across these stories and i don't mean this to be you know a a feature piece on natalie winters or or a feature podcast on natalie winters but the audience needs to understand this because a lot of people feel like they cannot do what you do. But actually what you're saying is if you if you have the time and inclination, you really can kind of reverse engineer how this all works for yourself.
1: I actually think that the responsibility is the people who, who are outside the system because you're not compromised by these groups. You're not being targeted by these groups. So you have the, the freedom and the agency and the autonomy to report on these groups independently because i've never taken a sponsored trip to china i've never toured the facilities of huawei and stayed at a hotel that the chinese government paid for
0: so, nor have i by yeah, the way just exactly. saying
1: <laughs> yeah most people in in our small little national pulse orbit probably yeah. probably haven't yeah uh but yeah and so, weirdly
0: probably some have yeah you know there, there are some people out there who have been you know and th- but this is what they do is they capture people right what what is the term? elite capture mm-hmm. right and if and if we are you know god forbid that this is true but if we are the elite <laughs> in a very small way you know what i mean yeah. i mean look we have a website that attracts 16 million eyeballs a month uh, or, or 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 32 million if people have two eyeballs um <laughs> That, that puts us in a distinct class of informa- being information provider, right? And so they target people just like us. And, they, and, and there have been many people just like us in the past who have kind of, you know, I guess the phrase is sold out. Because the, the lure is so attractive. We'll say, I mean, this is what happened to David Cameron. I'm not comparing myself to David Cameron. I'd never do myself the injustice. <laughs> but, but, but this is what happened to David Cameron. Is that after he became you know Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, the Chinese Communist Party went to him and said, Hey, by the way Uh, as long as you don't cause us too many problems regarding, you know, energy investments that we're making in the UK and foreign policy and all of that, you know, there's a hefty chunk of land in China. It's got your name on it. And guess what? It comes with, uh, you know, the green light for development. And there can be some very nice apartments placed on that land. And it's that kind of thing, these inducements, and it goes to, (laughs) you know, they don't do that with everyone. Not everybody gets a big plot of land in China. You know, people like, um, what's his chops?
1: Well, it's interesting you bring up uh, former prime ministers of the UK. Not to mm. jump the gun on a story that will hopefully be publishing soon, but Tony Blair, uh, mm. alongside Bill Gates, spoke actually delivered the keynote uh, at one of these conferences hosted in China by one of the groups of that's part of the United yeah, of Front operation. I remember we
0: well. Put Tony out- Tony yeah. Blair's a mass murderer, right? Yeah. So there's you got to bear that in mind when you think about Tony Blair's you know the, the efficacy of Tony Blair's m- morals. But but let me just bring you back to the, the, the previous point real quick. What was that chap's name that we that we did over in England? The, John
1: Ross.
0: Nah. Well, yeah, that. But what no, about Tom Fowdy. Tom Fowdy. Let's talk about Tom Fowdy for a minute because he's probably listening to this. But Tom Fowdy um, was was representing the CCP's interests publicly, and then when we went after him and demanded transparency and, and explanations, he demanded privacy, right? yes. <laughs> which was which was funny enough. But they're not offering plots of land to Tom Fowdy. Right, it's probably it's probably you know six hundred dollars here, twelve hundred dollars there. I'm not making any 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 specific allegation for the for the you know three three dollar Tom Fowdy lawyers that are listening to this. But what I'm saying is these are the types of inducements that they they use on these people, and the and and politics political intrigue and interest uh, lecturing academia all of this whole scene is so large and there are so many people trying to make money within it that there are going to be these minnows like Fowdy who are just happy to take any any kind of crumbs off that fall off the table
1: yeah I also think it's done for for reference Tom Fowdy was a Contributor, I don't necessarily mm. use that word in a legally binding sense, but he would contribute yeah. every day an op-ed to China Global Television Network, yeah. which is a state-run outlet, writing some pretty reprehensible things about the, the British government. Uh, but like you said, he's one one of the minnows. But th- there are a lot of them. I remember we had a few stories up. Uh, a couple months back about how a lot of people who were low level or even mid level talent and producers at CNN and the BBC jumped ship and went to go work for CGTN like i said that that state run outlet so i think a lot of it there's kind of a, not to opinionize after we just talked about it, no one wants to hear my my opinion, but a lot of it. Well, no, but is, I'm asking
0: for your analysis. It, That's yeah, different.
1: I think it's kind of, I don't know if narcissism is the right word, but these people, they want to have their own shows. They want to be talking heads, and if they can't make the cut on CNN, which is frankly a pretty low bar, CGTN <laughs> will welcome them with open arms. I once saw an individual speaking on CGTN as an invited... Uh, analyst and his Chiron, his title was former capitol hill staffer
0: so (laughs) that shows you how low
1: the bar bar is to kind of sell out and go and work for these chinese government funded operations
0: what what where did, did it did it stipulate where on capitol hill
1: I started well. <laughs> I, I assumed a congressional office. No,
0: but that's what I'm saying. It was yeah. probably the Hawken Dove.
1: <laughs> I know. I did look at. I, I'm forgetting the specific member, but it was an establishment Republican uh, that that he had worked for. But mm. bizarre, bizarre. Chiron, I, I laughed for for a solid 15 seconds, probably when I when I saw that.
0: So tell us about this other story that's coming up, Blair. Who you know, we we know Blair is is. Probably one of the most evil people still on this planet. So what's 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 evil been doing? Evil,
1: <laughs> yes. Well, uh, it's part of a broader expose on Bill Gates, uh, but focusing on how Bill Gates has really sold out to some of these Chinese Communist Party fronts, specifically part of that network that seeks to subvert and target our elites uh, one one of the groups? The name I, I believe it was the Ch- Chinese People's Association for Friendship and and Friendly Contact. The names that they have for organizations are are fantastic. They they're very straightforward. Uh, but they they held a a forum on f- philanthropy, uh, talk about misinformation and the keynote address. What it was delivered by Tony Blair. Bill Gates spoke at the conference. He extended his congratulations. I believe that's a direct. Uh, A quote from the press release at this institution. But Mm. again, just talking about, you know, rubbing shoulders with these united front groups. And I think I said this in my interview from CPAC, but these groups are radioactive in the sense that once you kind of connect with them and interact with them, there is a relationship there that the Chinese Communist Party uh, exploits. And that's why they do it, whether it's because people are getting paid to speak at these conferences or people just don't want to offend a country that they see a very, very lucrative relationship uh, to, to potentially have with. When you see these people interacting with organizations like the CPA, FFC or QF, It's typically not an isolated incident, and that's right. one thing that I've experienced when I'm looking into these people. Uh, you know, Jake Sullivan is not just a fellow at one Chinese government-funded uh, university institute. He's a fellow at multiple.
0: Who's Jake Sullivan?
1: So that is the National Security Advisor under Joe Biden. He's a- Wait,
0: the National Security Advisor in the Biden regime now yes. has been a fellow at multiple Chinese Communist Party run funded affiliate think tanks
1: yeah the paul Tsai china center which is hosted at yale Mm. was created with a 30 million dollar donation from the co-founder of alibaba they have a lot of uh, fellows there concurrently along with jake sullivan who come from state-run universities and are former chinese communist party officials and he's also done work with the belfer center at Harvard, which conducts cybersecurity conferences with people from the Chinese Communist Party, really kind of helping them understand how exactly the United States creates our our cybersecurity systems, really giving them an advantage, frankly, to hack us, which they're already doing. So, and Jake Sullivan is definitely the exception uh, and and not the norm.
0: You know, it's amazing. In the time that you were speaking, I was also looking up whatever happened to Tom Fowdy. Mm-hmm so tom fowdy's last uh op-ed for cgtn was was uh, uh i think december the 2nd 2020 mm-hmm. that sound about right a couple of months after we rumbled yes. him yeah so he went running away tail between his legs surely learned his lesson not to propagandize at, at state-run media organization oh no wait looks like he's landed at russia today <laughs> It is is now litany of we got to do a follow up on this litany of uh, anti Western op eds appear on the Russia Today website. Just extraordinary how these people live with themselves. I I I, I, you know, I, I struggle to I struggle to understand it. Now, see, I want to uh, talk about a couple of the other stories that you've got up or or, or going up soon. Um, feel free to shout any out, but specifically you know, I think there is what we're starting to see here. And again, I'll make this complaint of conservative media and I'm going to keep doing it. And by the way, you can, you can shut this thing off right now if you want to stop hearing me whine, but I'm not going to stop whining anyway about this because it's so frustrating. Even like big MAGA people fail, fail day in and day out to pick up on stories that they need to be picking up on and reporting. You know, we, we put day one Day one of the regime, I put Gensaki in the crosshairs. Right, and I said, We got to pay attention to her. She is a weak point in their armor. I can see it. And everybody was saying to me, Oh, leave her alone. You're just you know, it's picking on a woman. It's not, I said, pick on a woman. There are loads of women. If it was just women I wanted to pick on, there are loads of women I could just pick. She is, I could pick on you. It was, she was a particular weak point in their armor. And we showed that day after day. And she makes a humiliation of the regime every single day from up on that podium. So I will, and now, by the way, everyone's doing it right now. You hear all the, all the, all the the uh audio and i can
1: i'll circle back if there's more all that the kind charity, of stuff but i'll circle back with you if there's more to convey um i'll have to just are you are you, you
0: look you. pretty impressed that i had that loaded That's into the good. system yeah no I, you know i didn't make that song but i just i just dragged and dropped it you onto you kind of
1: look like a dj, with I, am whole, kind of a DJ. I am kind of a dj i am kind of
0: a dj um i got all the buttons in front of me but but we we put people in the crosshairs and and you know we're not big enough yet to make a, a, an impact in and of ourselves but we rely on other people to then go oh that is a good idea we should really start looking into that and you did that particularly well and you've done that particularly well with this exclusive this morning now remember we don't believe in cancel culture right we we're not here trying to to stifle people shut them down make them lose their jobs or anything like that but what we will do and what i will do to my dying breath which may be any second now given my level of frustration today what we will do is continue to call out the hypocrisy and the double standards of the left. Now, you've written this story about Trey Baker. It's a short story. It's just a it's just a little, you know, but it shows you just how they're willing. Look, they're canceling Dr. Zeus, right? Is that how you say it? We didn't do- have-
1: Dr. Seuss. Seuss? Yeah. Not Zeus. Yeah, no Z.
0: Like the um, Greek god.
1: Yeah, no, not not the Greek god. Oh,
0: it's not. Okay, so they're not. Okay, so who's Dr. Seuss? It's been a while. But <laughs> no, I know that, you know, the cat in the, the hat and all that. Hat. Yeah, it's yeah. like a cartoon or whatever. We didn't really have that growing up uh, where I grew up. No, no Dr. Seuss. Seuss? Seuss. Yeah, I'm just playing.
1: I He writes, or I guess, I don't even know if he's a real person, but.
0: Hold on. Hold on a minute. Wait a minute. Stop somebody's got to be writing it no. it's not writing itself
1: i just, i'm just saying i don't know if dr seuss is his real name or like who who he is
0: no i think i think it's it, it's um dr ted geisel okay seuss was his middle name i think i'm just oh, looking okay. it up here anyway there are there are people who are much more plugged into popular culture and especially ancient popular culture quite frankly who are listening to this now go how do you guys not know about dr zeus why does he keep saying zeus (laughs) but listen they're cancelling dr zeus
1: and dr zeus
0: and dr zeus dr zeus was so cancelled that he never existed (laughs) now he's crying here in the studio Uh, how quickly now you know by the way why i don't have her in very often because it always descends into just madness. But they won't cancel Trey Baker. Now, who's Trey Baker?
1: So Trey Baker is Joe Biden's National Director for African-American Engagement on the campaign. He then turned that position into the role of Senior Advisor for Public Engagement within the Biden White House. And if you read his LinkedIn, he talks about how he has a very close relationship with Joe Biden, advising him on a host of, of different matters during the campaign, his Facebook has a ton of pictures of the two of them together and talking. So he's not just some random, mm. uh, you know, staffer pretending to be very involved with Joe Biden. It's clear the two of them have met uh, repeatedly.
0: So what's 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 the what's your problem with with Trey?
1: Well. Trey wouldn't want to bring me home because, I, <laughs> well,
0: because all right cause I, cause <laughs> I never I, thought about <laughs> it like that but actually yeah maybe you are just a woman scored with this
1: <laughs> I can that's definitely not the case but but he tweeted uh, in 2009 which I'm aware was a long time ago but nonetheless he kept certainly shouldn't on have account. been trying to bring you home back then yeah. uh, he tagged someone and says I heard her loud and clear too last sentence before moving to Colorado from mama I love you, be safe, don't bring a white girl home. And so it, effectively
0: what we're seeing is anti-white racism. He's, yeah, that's, he's been that's what
1: it is. And a couple of other Don't sentences. bring a
0: white girl home.
1: Yeah, where if you were to have flipped the race uh, of course. in any context. in Any context. Person, don't bring would,
0: a yeah. Chinese girl home. Don't bring a Jewish girl home. Don't bring a black girl home. Don't bring a Muslim girl. You'd be canceled in a heartbeat, right? Oh, totally. Yeah.
1: And I will say I do have some other tweets from some other people in the Biden administration. So well, yeah, no,
0: but this is what I mean. This is why I'm introducing the audience to this <laughs> yeah. because, and we're going to do this because it's continuing to shine a light on their hypocrisy. Again, canceling Doctor Zeus or canceling Zeus <laughs> or whatever's going on. Uh, but but look, what happened with T J Ducklow? T J Ducklow only became a story. It was only treated as a scandal. It was it was sorry. Let me rephrase that. It was only a scandal because we treated it like a scandal, right? There were people on all sides making all sorts of excuses. But the point is, what the left is so good at is making everything into a scandal, right? And I am here to do it. I am going to do it to them. No, it's only fair. It's only fair. If everything's a scandal, then everything's a scandal, okay? So let's let's go through some of Trey's other tweets here. Because honestly, he should be fired.
1: So the other tweet that we have is, uh so i'm on the flight with a random question why is it that white people love bagels so much well
0: look i mean that's ludicrous because (laughs) everyone likes bagels so much yeah right (laughs) i think and by the way why is it that white people love bagels so much
1: i didn't didn't know that was a thing
0: no i don't think it's a thing i mean people like bagels yeah i mean bagels are a jewish thing really yeah so what's he saying there no because remember what did we hear on clubhouse the other night they call Jewish people spicy whites. Did you hear this?
1: Uh, you texted me about it, but I did And didn't you didn't
0: listen. look into
1: it. I was on a flight.
0: You got off that flight, didn't you? <laughs> Are you still on it? Yeah. Right. Your head is still in the clouds. I'll a, give you that. There
1: was a senator on my flight, though. Go on. And I sat behind his staffers to see if there was anything of interest. And? There wasn't.
0: Oh. <laughs> what senator?
1: Uh bill haggerty
0: oh my goodness so it is of interest. Oh. <laughs> spicy white um here's the thing okay so you know what i'm talking about when i talk about the clubhouse thing i wonder if i can just put just pull it up so you you walk through the you walk the audience through on some of these things i'm going to try and pull this clip up
1: Sure. So then, the other tweet that because I'm have not doing post
0: production from
1: from Trey Baker is a uh, hashtag in all caps win official score noops, which is I guess what the brothers at, at his fraternity were called, and then in all caps uh, white girls at Ole Miss uh, dash zero, so like a one zero score thing. Uh, and it's again, it's just the kind of thing where if you were to flip flip the race uh, mm. of both the person writing it and the race being talked about, it would be a huge story. It would probably be I don't necessarily want to say front page, but it would no. definitely be on CNN. I'm sure they would love to have read sure. these stories uh, on.
0: Don Lamone would be losing his mind.
1: Yeah, uh, th- those are the tweets that we have uh, from him. But like I said, so I-
0: but well, basically, anti-white racism.
1: Yes, but let
0: me let me play you this. Okay, this is from I don't know if the audience all if everybody knows what Clubhouse is, but it's kind of a new app, um, where it's it's basically like a live podcast. It's just people who are calling in and having a big group call. Am I representing this correctly? It's like a big conference call that everybody can listen to.
1: I just joined, but I- Yeah, it's horrible. It. It's, it's terrible. Awful. And by the way, there are a
0: lot of right-wingers that spend six hours on this a night. I'm not even kidding, okay? And you know who you are, <laughs> and you're listening to this, and you know who you are, and stop it, Please. okay? There are better things you can do with your time, and I don't need notifications saying that you're online having a live chat with somebody for six hours. I don't need it in my life, okay? And, and by the way, it's a t- total time suck. These people are just, you know, I was going to use a, a turn of phrase that I probably shouldn't use, but they are- um, um, you know, massaging each other's egos all the evening, let's say, okay? You know what I'm really saying. But this is it's a total waste of time. Anyway, Clubhouse, but it's not just right wingers. Everybody's on there and they're all chatting and, you know, all these. It's basically a, a, um, a pressure valve for people who wish they were in the oligarchy, and they get to have all these like pseudo intellectual conversations, the um, the kind of kind of claiming their spot within the American inter- intellectual elite, not just the American, but the global intellectual elite. Where in reality, most of the things they're saying are absolute dross, right? But but th- there's also these it's blm people and it's left liberals and they're having their arguments on the left and so i want to play you this clip i think this is the clip of brett weinstein getting a struggle session publicly remember this is public people listen to this publicly on clubhouse i hope this works he knows exactly what we asked him. Brett, are you anti-racist? Are you transphobic? Are you anti-black? Like, give us the answers right now and quickly. or you are going to get sure, off the stage? Sure, 100 percent. But let me correct something Marcy said first. 100 uh, percent what? Are you 100 percent anti-black or are you 100 <laughs> percent anti-racist? What's going on? OK, I am 100 percent. Like he had made Marcy explain what was happening Well, he tried. No, to... I just wanted to know. Look, come on. Can you all please stop trying to look? let this man wiggle out of the, answering the yeah, Go, answer in the questions? First of all, I'm not a classical liberal. I'm an actual liberal. OK, far left have been my whole life. I am thoroughly anti-racist by any normal definition, but I don't like Kendi's definition of anti-racist. That doesn't make sense to me. I am not, by any stretch of the imagination, a white supremacist. As a matter of fact, I'm not even sure whether I qualify as white. I'm Jewish. It's a different thing. My people you have been do. persecuted by yeah. Europeans. In, you in are Brett. Plastic. You're just spicy white. But continue. Okay, fine. I'm, I'm. I'll take that. I just. I don't think it's a simple issue. And to be honest, I'm. There was. Was there? A- what? By the way, what a loser! What a loser that dude is going before the the you know uh, self-proclaimed anti-racist queens right and saying i'm i swear to you i'm far left and i swear to you i'm a hundred percent a hundred percent with you she goes a hundred percent what hundred percent anti-black was it going to be like yeah actually <laughs> you know it's re- ludicrous these conversations that are happening here this is what we've reduced ourselves to i mean let me be very clear with the audience, I call Jen Psaki 90 IQ. These are all like sub-average IQ people. Left, right, all these people that spend all their time on Clubhouse having these like chit-chats with one another. You are morons. You're spending your time jerking each other off. There, I said it. And it's just so stupid. Listen to the kinds of conversations that are being had. So Brett Weinstein goes, look, I don't think I'm even white. I'm Jewish which is perfectly reasonable for him to say because there is a distinction in racial terms that jewish people make that distinction right that's up to them and she goes well you just spicy white spicy white i mean that's a double pejorative because it's offensive it's it's meaningfully and intentionally offensive against white people you're a racist number one and it's meaningfully offensive against jewish people You're an anti-Semite if you say that. So it's double racism, two words, double racism. Frankly, it's offensive to Indian people as well because spicy is our word, (laughs) okay? But seriously, this is the, this is, and so maybe that's what Trey was talking about when he says white people are addicted to bagels or whatever he says. Is he talking about spicy whites?
1: He was 12 years early, but maybe.
0: No, no, they've been using this terminology for decades. They're just now using it openly this is the thing. They know that nobody's going to, who was that that said that? And why aren't they canceled? You literally just said something anti-white, anti-semitic on a public podcast, whatever Clubhouse claims to be. And, and, and this is acceptable. I think, um, I think, uh, you know, we are in a really, really, really w- much worse place than I think most people realize here. Where the public discourse is most people actually that listen to this show for instance don't subject themselves to those conversations those type of club but i have, I, I do i listen to all this i have to know what's going on nathalie we got about uh we got about 10 minutes left here why don't you uh why don't you take the uh, take the mic and tell us where you want us to go to, to look at next
1: sure i think we have one by, by the way yes well, which
0: one are you going to mention
1: mayor bowser
0: okay but mention mayor bowser but actually i think we really do have to talk about did we ever talk about the congressional black caucus one?
1: Oh, i don't think we ever did it's a
0: pretty big deal
1: yes
0: it's a pretty is- big story and i think it just again this is my frustration with conservative media and a lot of people listening to me bitching and moaning today and i am doing that and i accept it i embrace it i own it A lot of people will be like, oh, Raheem, you know, you're just just whining that nobody wants to pick up your news stories. Yeah, but yeah, I am, absolutely. (laughs) But I know they read them. That's the worst. I see all the analytics. I know they read them. I know they see them. They see these stories and they choose. It's not like we don't reach them. If we didn't reach them, I would take responsibility for that and go, I'm not doing a good enough job running the website. Fine. That's not what's happening here. They're seeing stories like this one, which was huge, by the way, Natalie. You did a magnificent job on this. And I did a magnificent job putting the pictures in, which (laughs) is basically my only job anymore. But tell, talk us through this story. It's insane.
1: Yes, this is a a next level story. So there's a group called the Congressional Black Caucus, which counts membership from Basically every black member of, of Congress, uh, Aunt Kamala Harris, uh, Maxine Waters, Cory Booker's involved there. Ilhan Omar's also there, uh, and interestingly enough, this group has me- take, taken meetings with and actually visited China. Uh, with uh, the China-United States Exchange Foundation, or QSEF for short. Again, that's Mm. the group that I always seem to be rambling about. That's part of the Chinese Communist Party's united front. And remember, everything that this group does is funded by the Chinese government. It is your prime example of an influence operation. But this is a really kind of sad angle to the story. So in addition to meeting with QSEF leaders while they were in D.C., uh, members of the Congressional Black Caucus actually sent student-age constituents uh, from their districts. Constituents. constituents, not just
0: staffers or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, two trips to China that were funded by the Chinese Ministry of Education and QSEF. Also in there were people who were getting scholarships to study at State-run universities and get lectured by you know former Chinese Communist Party officials former Generals with the Chinese military uh, And what's really really sad about uh, about this especially when you talk about how socialism and communism are, are Proliferating amongst young American children mm. you read the QSF blog where they often take testimonials from people who've participated <laughs> In these trips and one of the excerpts from from a student who went on this trip in 2017 said quote, I learned that the culture and history of China far exceeds those of the United States exceeds it so well it's predicted that China will be the number one country of foreign policy and investments in less than 20 years, Uh, then she goes on and says, uh, God knew that I needed to participate in this program. He saw me fit to be one of the 20 students that will help spread the positive light of an amazing communist country, as well as help bridge that gap between the China-U.S. cultural exchanges. And that was who? That was So that was a, a college-age student.
0: Do we know who that, the name or anything like that? Do they mention?
1: Uh, not, not on the site. This oh. is just a kind of testimonial to try to get I'd other love to people-
0: find out. See where they see. are today. Because that was 2017. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. I want to read that again for the audience here as well. This was a testimonial uh, given by a constituent.
1: A constituent of a, a, con- a congressional member or a senator who mm-hmm. was specifically sending members of their district to China on these government-funded trips and saying that yeah. I learned the so, th- ha-
0: ha, let me. Leave, <laughs> like, I'm going I'm to okay. do this just so, so, so people g- can get to grips with what your children are being taught here. There's two major problems here. Here it is. Quote, I learned that the culture and history of China far exceeds those of the United States. Exceeds it so well, it's predicted that China will be the number one country of foreign policy and investments in less than 20 years. Open your eyes and your mind. Research for yourself and don't be corrupted by the misinterpretation. The classrooms feed us. God knew that i needed to participate in this program he saw me fit to be one of the 20 students that will help spread the positive light of an amazing communist country as well as help bridge the gap between the china u.s cultural exchanges end quote well there are several problems with that not least the grammar or <laughs> fewer than 20 years you mean um, but god knew that i needed to participate in this program i mean china's not big on god china's not big on on christians in china china's not big on the church china's not big on muslims in china china's not big on religion unless that religion is communism state-run capitalism communism god knew that i mean what kind of brainwashing is taking place here
1: it, it really and is Congress disturbing.
0: people are sending their constituents to be brainwashed by the Chinese Communist Party.
1: And specifically the uh congressional member who really spearheaded this trip got the scholarships, got sent her uh students or rather her uh, constituents on this trip is none other than Marsha Fudge who is actually tapped and I believe in confirmation in the confirma- co- confirmation process right now to become the Secretary for Housing and Urban Development, Marsha Fudge.
0: That's my that's my alarm going off. There it tells me I need to get over to the uh, to the war room. So we'll we'll have to leave it there, Natalie. We'll come back to the story uh, at another point. Just tell us, tell the audience what the headline is, where they can find it.
1: Uh, this article is exclusive. Congressional Black Caucus and Biden HUD nominee send constituents on Chinese government paid trips to laud quote amazing communist country end quote
0: amazing communist story. Thank you so much, Natalie Winters. Where can people find you? Uh,
1: Twitter, Natalie G. Winters, and I just started a Facebook page, Natalie Winters.
0: Ooh, I gotta go over there, see what's going on. Site traffic's on fire this afternoon due to the redo ballot fraud story. Go ahead and check that out. It's in the breaking section at the National Pulse. Remember, the stories that we put up, it's not just what you see as the lead on the site or the several pullouts. Scroll down the page, you'll see six stories, breaking news stories that we do. 78% of mail-in ballots proved fraudulent. A judge ordering an election do-over, that is the lead on the breaking section of the site. One in 20 asylum seekers testing positive for COVID-19 at the US border. That's the number two breaking story. A new poll shows that Democrats are three times more likely to express favorable views of the Chinese Communist Party than their Republican counterparts. And of course, my favorite story of the day so far, CPAC's Nazi rune, the Odal rune. As she turned out that that was designed by a liberal company, which has designed stages for Joe Biden, MSNBC, and whose donations go to All Democrats 1.8% I think it was That went to Republicans Republicans. Amazing Amazing work Natalie Winters Alright we'll see you again tomorrow Sorry about all the whining today I'll be better tomorrow I promise you We'll see you then